Welcome to the In Love with PMDD podcast. I am your host, Rose, your PMDD relationship expert. I have personally been suffering with PMDD for over 15 years and spent so much of that time desperately trying to navigate my intimate relationships. I am now dedicating my doctorate practice to specialize in PMDD specifically in regards to relationships. I am a traumatology doctoral candidate and I am married to an amazing PMDD partner thanks to my PMDD specific tools that I've learned over the years and now I am here to share them with you. So each week I will be providing PMDD partners with my signature PMDD trauma transformational tools on how to effectively navigate an intimate relationship while having PMDD. So you can avoid breaking up with them every single month and you can finally have the peaceful assurance that you can have the supportive relationship that we all desire and deserve. So thank you so much for spending time with me today. Now let's get into your weekly dose of PMDD trauma transformational tools for you and your PMDD partner. So first of all, I just wanna say, We are officially in PMD Awareness Month. I am so excited because there's so much awareness. There's so many things that I'm seeing on social media that's just bringing so much light to what it is that we go through. And I feel like so much of our lives are darkness and we feel like we have to hide this this disorder. We have to hide the things that we're going through. But this month just gives us the opportunity to just lay it all out there. And I was actually nominated to be one of the IMPMD champions with IMPMD Global. So if you're not following them, they have so many amazing resources, IMPMDglobal.org. And as a champion, we're just sharing our story and sharing our awareness and just making sure that everyone knows that it's okay to speak out about what it is that we're going through. And we're not individuals that need to be put in a corner or put in a box or gaslighted by our medical people, um, which is going to be one of the topics of today. But I just want us to be proud that we are surviving because a lot of times you forget how hard it is and how many other people are struggling with you and that needs to be celebrated. So Part of that, I just wanted to give you all a little bit of background about me. I know I I give so much advice on here about relationships, but as far as my PMDD journey, I don't think I've ever really um, let you all know about how I found out I had PMDD and I'm doing this for the challenge. They're doing a photo a day challenge and I've noticed that when I was going through those moments of sharing, it just really took me back to the beginning of my journey because as you know, I've had it for 15 years. So I've kind of navigated my life and my relationships to this disorder. So when I had to go back to the beginning, I was just like, oh my goodness. (laughs) Like I have so many clients that are just finding out that they have PMDD and they don't know where to start because there's so much, so many questions, so much information out there. So I just wanted to let you know when I originally, first of all, for awareness, I decided to spread awareness specifically on relationships because that was the one thing 
that I could not seem to get a hold of. I could, I have all these other symptoms, but my relationship seems to be the one, seemed to be the one thing that I would fail in because I just couldn't wrap my head around going through all these symptoms, trying to get myself together and still sometimes feeling like I was responsible for the mental health and the well-being of another person. And I remember so many times I just said, you know, I kept leaving relationship, going from relationship to relationship, thinking that the other person was the problem because every time that they triggered me, I was like, this person must not be the one. Because in my mind, if this person was the one, then I can be able to go through PMDD seamlessly and they wouldn't cause me any stress and they wouldn't trigger me. And I remember having one partner look at me with tears in their eyes and literally say, you can't keep running. Like you, you can't keep doing this. Like you're a runner. And they used to call me the runaway bride because I would get into these relationships and I, everything would be going good. But as soon as the slightest thing happened, I would be gone. I would pack up my stuff and I would just be gone. And I took a good two years off of being in a relationship before I met my partner because I, I really wanted to figure out what was wrong, like what was going on. Like I, I kept thinking it was the other person and they weren't the one. And during those two years, that's when I discovered my PMDD. And that's when I discovered, oh my goodness, it's me. It's me that keeps running every single time I'm triggered because the triggering would happen when I wasn't in PMDD and I could handle it. But when it happened, when I was in PMDD, there was nothing, there was no way. Like I literally just, my, I got really avoidant. Um, So that's when I started doing my doctorate study. And I said, I need to figure out why every single time I'm in PMDD, I want to (laughs) run. Hence the runaway bride. Um, love Julia Roberts, by the way, but that's just not ideal for my life. But I just wanted to leave. But it wasn't that I wanted to leave the relationship. It was it was that I wanted to leave that feeling of being so triggered to where I felt like I couldn't handle it. It was like out of control. It was like an outer body experience where I was trying to. Um, have these arguments and these discussions with my partner when I was in PMDD and it just would make my rage flare up and I literally would put it on the other person and say you're the reason I have PMDD because when I argue with you this other side of me comes out that I don't like you know that when the PMDD rage was most activated was when I argued with my partner hands down and that's why I specifically focus on PMDD relationships, because when my symptoms were the worst, it wasn't when I was just by myself, because I'm really kind of good by myself. I can navigate my symptoms pretty well if I'm secluded. When I say secluded, I mean no noise because I have misophonia. So that means I can't hear all the loud noises. I can't, like, I literally could go in a bunker for two weeks (laughs) and be fine. Um, But when I got into relationships, There were so many things that they were doing that were triggering me that it was like back to back to back to back to back that it was just, I was so overwhelmed. And I was just like, I can't deal with this. Like I need to go back to being by myself. And that's when I felt like I needed to break up with my partner every single month because it would be like sensory overload. Like it's too much of my partner all of the time. I need to get the heck up out of here. And 
what would happen was when I came out of PMDD and I felt like I was back to the core of who I am, I felt horrible because I was looking for my partner to be there for me. Because here's the thing. When you break up with your partner or you say you want to leave your partner when you're in PMDD, it's temporary, just like PMDD. So eventually you're going to want to be with your partner again. Eventually you're going to go back to loving them. And that's the part that I struggle with the most is that I knew that me wanting to break up with my partner every month wasn't the core, the true person that I was, because when I came out of it and I felt most like me, I wanted to be in a relationship. I wanted to be loved. I wanted to be supported. I wanted to give love. Like all of those things were a reality for me. So I'm like, okay, if I agree that the real me is not me and PMDD, then if every single time I want to break up with my partner and I'm in PMDD, that must be a lie as well. So there's so many lies and intrusive thoughts that um, happen when you are in PMDD that you kind of have to put things in perspective and say, okay, these things are lies. So I'm not making any major decisions with my life based off of these lies. And these things are true. So when clients come to me and they say, I don't know what's true and what's not true. I always tell them, what do you feel about your partner when you're not in PMDD? How do you feel about them? Do you want them around? Do you want to be with them? Do you see a life with them? And they're like, yes, absolutely. And I'm like, that is the truth. When you're not in PMDD and you don't have those things going on with your brain and your hormones and your body and all of the things, that's the core of who you are. So you can't make decisions about your PMDD partner based off of when you're in PMDD. And so I was so compelled to switch my doctorate degree. So I originally, I've been going to school for a very long time. Um, I have my, I'll give you a background. So I have my undergrad, <laughs> it's a lot. So I have my undergraduate degree in pre-law. Okay, so I'm, I'm very big on the legal system. I have my master's in human resources. Um, and then I have my doctorate. All of the courses are done for my doctorate in counseling with a concentration in traumatology. So when I'm giving you advice, I'm giving you the <laughs> compilation of the legal background. I'm all about the facts. So nothing I tell you is going to be based on a whim or even my personal experience. Like I test everything that I'm telling you to make sure that it works. And then also my human resources, I do a lot of counseling and things like that. And then my doctorate is going to specifically be, my dissertation is going to be in PMDD um, with a concentration on relationships. And it's so funny because I originally started my PMDD journey um, with getting my doctorate, I knew I had PMDD, but I was still getting my doctorate in childhood trauma because a little part of me thought that the reason why I had PMDD was because I have a very traumatic childhood. So just to give you a little bit of background on me, I grew up in the foster care system. Um, my mom and my, my biological mom and dad um, suffered from substance abuse and gave me up at the age of three. Then from three, I went many, many years in foster care until I was adopted. Um, once I was adopted, 
I experienced abuse as well within that experience. And I ended up leaving the home um, at the age of 17 and I joined the military. So I've been in the military for night. This is my 19th year. Oh my God. (laughs) This is my 19th year uh, serving in the U.S. military. And I literally joined that when I left out of my adopted family's home because I didn't have anywhere else to go and I had so much trauma and it was it was like double trauma so I had childhood trauma for my biological family and then it also continued on with my adopted family so the whole time I was getting my degrees and studying um, specifically with counseling I knew that I wanted to do it with childhood trauma because I felt like that's the reason why I'm having these symptoms. That's the reason why, like it's, it makes sense to me that I'm having these, these symptoms before I even knew that it was PMDD because I had been through so much and it, it was hard for me. I'm not going to lie. It was really hard for me to switch my dissertation from childhood trauma to relationships in regards to PMDD, because I felt like I was abandoning a topic that was so close to the core of who I was. But I realized that when I healed from my childhood trauma through therapy, through counseling, through coaching, I still had PMD. And I know there's so many studies out there about trauma and healing trauma so that you don't have PMDD anymore. But for me, that wasn't the case. And I'm not saying that that's not the case for some people, but for me, I healed my childhood trauma, which took years of hard, 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 hard work to get to the core of the things that I had buried, the hurt, the shame, the guilt of things that were out of my control, going back and trying to make things work with my adopted, um, not my adopted, well, yeah, (laughs) because I say my adopted and my biological family because I feel like I was searching for love as a child from being so little and I never got it from my biological family. So I thought that I could get it from my adopted family. And when I didn't get it from my adopted family as well, I began to have really bad trauma with thinking that there was something wrong with me. Sorry, I'm getting super emotional right now because I began to think that if I couldn't get loved from my biological family and I couldn't get loved from my adopted family, it's not them, it's me. And so when you translate that to relationships and you're getting in relationships and they fail because I had PMDD, I associated with that, like, oh, it's just me again. Like I'm going to be the reason why I'm going to have to be single for the rest of my life because I have this disorder. It's like I had so many blocks to experiencing love. And I I just felt like there was something wrong with me for so long. And it was something that nobody really knew about because I presented myself with just being loving towards everyone because I just want everyone to experience love. It is the, the core of who I am. I always told my best friend, I was like, I feel like I have so much love to give to the world, to people, but every time I try to do it, it just, it would fail. 
like something would go wrong and it, I would get taken advantage of. I would get further traumatized, further abused. And knowing that I had PMDD and that this was going to be a thing, I was like, I, I almost can't give up on being in an intimate relationship because in my mind, that was my, my life's goal was to love someone, to feel love because I never had that in my childhood. Um, and in all of my relationships, it was just a struggle. It was either I was taken advantage of, I was further abused and I, I still had hope though. And that's the craziest thing when I deal with clients who've had so much trauma going on they become really bitter, um, which happens, which is very common because it's just not fair. You know, you kind of think, you know, when I, when I was originally starting with childhood trauma with those clients, they literally thought it's not fair. I didn't ask for my childhood. I didn't ask to be born into this family that of dysfunction, that abandoned me, that neglected me, that abused me physically, mentally, all of these. I didn't ask for this, but I'm forced to deal with it. And my coping mechanism was hope. I just literally thought it's okay. Like we can make this work. And I overlooked so many things so long that when I went into those two years of really doing the work, it let out so much of what I held in that I was, it, it floored me. It literally took everything out of me to even continue with my journey of getting my doctorate because I felt like I just wanted to quit because I didn't want to do the work. I didn't want to see that, that ugly part. Um, but I knew that it had to be done because I, I kept thinking my pain has a purpose. And if I ever wrote a book, which I plan on doing, that's probably going to be one of the title or probably the title is my pain has a purpose because I kept thinking I cannot keep this pain that I'm having to myself because I know that there's someone else out there that's suffering. I know that there's someone else out there that feels like this. And when I found this community of individuals who had PMDD like me, and I was in the middle of my dissertation with my childhood trauma, I literally stopped it. And I said, no, I'm not gonna do it in childhood trauma. I'm gonna do it for these individuals that are pretty much about to give up on love, about to give up on having the relationship that I know that they want because they have this, this disorder and there's no cure for it. And if I don't do this, these people could, could potentially leave the partner that they're supposed to be with. That was my biggest fear that I'm going to throw away a relationship with someone that I'm actually supposed to be with just because I have PMDD. And that fear was so big in me because it was like, if I give up this relationship, I'm giving up on love. I didn't have a childhood and a, a whole big family that I could fall back on and still feel like I could be loved. This was literally my chance at rewriting the narrative, healing the generational trauma of my past and creating a loving marriage, a loving relationship that my daughter could see 
that generations could see was possible. And I wasn't going to let PMDD stop me from doing it. I refuse to let PMDD stop me from having the love that I know that I deserve. And it's, it's taken me years, years and years and years of not being loved, of being abused, of feeling horrible about myself, of feeling damaged to finally feel like, you know what, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give up on having love because I have this disorder. And it has been hard, but it is so worth it because I know that every single time I have a session with one of my clients and they let me know that they've decided not to break up with their partner, that they're committed to doing the work, that they're using those tools that they heard on my podcast, that they've used in my private sessions, it gives me hope like, okay, by saving this couple from breaking up and possibly giving up on someone that is meant to be with them, I'm, I'm doing the work myself. I do the work. Every tool that I give to you, I use it with my partner. And this is not something that I just throw out there. It's very strategic. And I know that it works because I go through it. So I've been through therapy and counseling so many times where when I described what it was that I was specifically going through with PMDD, I wasn't given the resources and I was literally given tools, but there were tools for people who didn't have PMDD. So they would work for me for two weeks out of the month, but then the two weeks that I was in PMDD, they didn't work. Like, because it wasn't addressing my symptoms. It wasn't addressing what I was literally living in those moments. It was just addressing things that would work for individuals who didn't have PMDD. And I said that that's unacceptable. (laughs) So that is why um, if you follow me on Instagram at in love with PMDD, you see I'm in the books. I'm studying. I'm doing even with my professors that I have right now who are doctors, been doctors for years, and I'm telling them I want to do my dissertation on PMDD, I'm fighting to do this. I want to let you know I've had my people with my universities tell me not to do it because they said there's not enough research. You're going to have such a hard time doing your doctorate dissertation because you have to It has to be founded on prior research. And I said to them, well, if I don't create the research, then how is it ever going to be found? Like, if I don't choose to do this, then it's just not going to be done. And so I'm, it's taking me longer to complete my doctorate because I'm committed to doing it the right way, to doing it with the core of what I'm living with, my lived experience. Yes, I could choose a topic like childhood trauma, which is also very real to me that there's been plenty of research on and I could be done in a couple of months. But for me, that's not the goal. I'm not becoming a doctor so that I can just have the title and still have this whole community, not have the resources. I'm doing this for the PMDD partners community so that they know that they can have a relationship while they have PMDD. And that's what I want to share with all of you is that Everything that you're experiencing, I feel you. I am living it and I got you. And I just want you to be really secure in what it is, the tools that I'm providing to you 
because I know, I know what it's like to get things, to try things that don't work, to try things and then feel bad because I feel like I'm the reason that they don't work. Like they probably work on everybody else, but they don't work on me. No, they're not PMDD specific. And even with self-care, with everything you do, for me, it's two weeks at this point, but for everything that you do while you're in PMDD, it has to be PMDD specific. Um, So that's why I love this PMD Awareness Month because you're able to see so many practitioners, so many individuals that are dedicating their their lives to serving the PMDD community with PMDD specific tools. And that is what we need for those two weeks, 10 days, seven days, however long your PMDD is. That's what we need because what works for me, honestly, when I'm not in PMDD doesn't work for me when I'm in. And it doesn't mean that the things are wrong. It doesn't mean that they're bad. It's just not, it just doesn't work. And I've tried it again and again and again and again and again. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should try it like this. Maybe I should try. Like I've gotten so frustrated with trying to do things um, that just didn't, didn't work for me. And I now know that we're not the problem. The tools and the resources just need to be there to support us for the specific journey that we're on. And um, so I know that I originally started this with talking about IMPMD Awareness Month, but I want to go over some of the symptoms that I have um, with PMDD because what I'm basically going to do, because PMD, IMPMD Awareness Month, it's the whole month of April. So I'm going to do weekly wrap-ups of all of the the things that we talk about, because I'm posting on social media every single day um, about what these specific things are, but in an effort to not have you listen to five-minute clips, I'm going to just round this up, but PMDD symptoms for me are night sweats, um, heart palpitations, really rapid heartbeats, which probably has to do with my anxiety, Um, PMDD rage, I always feel very overwhelmed. That is probably the most prevalent because I have a lot going on in my life. Like I told you, I, I'm a wife, I'm a mom of a preteen, I'm in the military, um, in a leadership in leadership position. So I'm responsible for a lot of individuals. I'm currently moving. So right now I'm in Maryland and I'm moving to California. Um, So I'm in the middle of that. So every couple of years I move. That's the thing with being in the military. So um, I have the childhood trauma, which seems to come up every single time when I'm in PMDD. Like, I don't know why that happens, but that's actually become one of my symptoms is dealing with past trauma. And even from healing from it, it still comes up and it makes me like, I feel like it's when I'm in those deep depressive moods where I'm just like, the world is dark and heavy and overwhelming, that's when the trauma comes in and it just sits on me. And I feel like there's this big weight and I don't have interest in doing anything else. And I really just think my life is not fair. I think I'm a good person. I just want to help people. Why do I have to go through this? And I kind of go through that every single month that cycled. So very bad intrusive thoughts. I get thoughts about friends that um, they don't like me anymore. Um, Even in business, I've 
been like, because I have a lot of clients now that specifically have PMDD, but I would literally be thinking like, oh, someone didn't get back to me. Like I'll start to assume things and create stories in my mind that are not true, but in my mind, they feel very true in the moment. And with my partner specifically, I just become avoidant. They become really overwhelming for me. And I just want to avoid um, any attachment to them, which in turn makes my partner have the anxious attachment where they feel the need to cling on to me because they feel like I'm slipping away. So that cycle is one that that when it happens, I have to implement the tools that I teach um, you all because it is so destructive for you to just go from being really, really loving with your partner to completely pulling away, going into a dark hole, thinking that everything that they do and say is annoying and you just want them to go away. Like the damage that it does on your partner um, is it's, it's a lot. So I try to use the tools that I give you so that I can, and then, because a lot of times you think, oh, if I communicate with my partner that I'm in PMDD, that that's enough and it's not. So that's one thing that I want to let you all know that if that's something that you go through when you're in PMDD, just telling your partner that you need space and that you want to detach from them and you feel like they should understand it's not a logical thing. It's an emotional thing. So when you're dealing with attachments, um, it's not a factual thing. You can't tell your PMDD partner facts and make their feelings change. You can tell them the facts, but their feelings are still going to remain the same. So if they still feel neglected and abandoned by you because you're getting really avoidant, you can tell them, oh, it's not because of you. It's because of PMDD. That's a fact, but their feelings are still going to feel abandoned. They're still going to feel maybe get an anxious attachment. Maybe they shut down. Maybe you shut down. They shut down. We all shut down. Um, and then you have to dig yourself out of that every single month. So the majority of my symptoms that I, I have right now, muscle tension, oh my gosh. And I work out daily, whether it's taking a walk, doing yoga. Um, that's also something that I do because I'm in the military. I'm a master fitness trainer. So a lot of the things that I do with my soldiers is I train them. So being physically fit is one of the requirements of my job. And it's just something that I've adopted in my lifestyle that comes second nature to me, um, whether I'm feeling good or not. So what I've done with that part is when I'm in PMDD, I still move my body, but it's in a way that feels good to me. I don't try to push my body beyond its limits. Um, but I do something because I've noticed that if I just stay in that place, the aches and pains just get worse. Um, already I'm eating things with my nutrition. Like I have to dial in my nutrition and kind of have a plan because I feel like if I wing it <laughs> and those PMD cravings come, oh my goodness, like that's, that's not good. Because when they come and I just allow myself to have them, I end up feeling like crap afterwards, very sluggish, and it just adds on to my symptoms. So I just manage my symptoms very strategically. And that's what I do with my clients. I do customized plans with them and we kind of plan out their month based off of the symptoms that they have. And it, you, you honestly can't wing it with PMDD. You cannot because you'll end up digging yourself in such a deep hole by the time you get out of those seven to 14 days 
that you'll have so much to clean up that you literally won't be able to enjoy your good days. And I noticed that. I noticed one month I was traveling a lot for work, which I do all my life. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to do all my, my rituals or things. And I don't have time for that. I'm just going to see. <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to see what my life would be like if I didn't do all these these tricks and tools and all of these things. Oh my goodness. By the time I got out of those two weeks, my partner was angry with me. People at work were standoffish because I had said and done whatever, because I didn't do my morning routine to like regulate my nervous system. Um, I felt really bad mom guilt about not doing all the things like committing to doing these things that I just didn't do. Um, I had shut off my phone so many times that I didn't talk to anybody. Like I, it took me about a good two weeks to dig myself out of all of the damage that I had done to all of my relationships, um, work with my partner, with my child, with my sister, like all of the things. And then I, and then next thing you know, you know what happened? I spent all my time digging myself out of that. And then guess what? It was time for PMDD again. And I said, never again, never again will I wing it because that does not work for me. Um, because I want to enjoy my good days. And with PMDD, in order to enjoy your good days, you need to have a plan for your bad days. And I tell this to my clients all the time. In order to enjoy your good days with your partner, with your life, you need to have a plan for your bad days. And while you're in PMDD, you cannot wing it. It's not cute. It's, it causes your symptoms and your suffering to become even worse. Um, and I just, I don't advise it. I don't advise it. I've done it. It doesn't feel good. Um, and then it feels like there's no end to it. And then when you get back in PMDD, going back to back with multiple um, bad PMDDs is like the worst because you feel so bogged down you just your body is just like what just happened your mind is just what just happened so i advise that you have a plan every single month for pmdd and know that your pmdd symptoms can vary from month to month so what worked last month may not work this month especially with your partner so uh, my partner is very rigid where he likes to schedule he likes to know what he's going to do and all of the things and Sometimes he'll say, no, your, your PMDD is supposed to be this day and it was supposed to be like this, like, because he'll try to plan for it. And then I'm just like, well, that, that didn't happen. I didn't have those symptoms this month and this is what I have. And it's kind of like, you have to be flexible in what you're doing to treat your PMDD symptoms, specifically when you're dealing with your relationship and communicate that. And literally tell your partner like, hey, I have this going on. So that leads me into one of the things that I created um, for you and your PMDD partner is a PMDD partner check-in. So this is a daily check-in worksheet that I created specifically for PMDD partners while you're in PMDD that you can send to your partner. So it asks you specific questions. I know that just giving your cycle. Like I used to take a, <laughs> I used to take a screenshot of my app tracker and be like, these are the days 
that I'm in PMDD, here you go. Like this, now you know I'm in PMDD. Well, that doesn't give your partner enough information to know how to navigate your relationship together. That doesn't tell them what to do. That doesn't tell them what mood you're in. And sometimes when you're in PMDD, most times when you're in PMDD, you don't want to describe to your partner every single every single thing that you're going through. Like it's almost frustrating to be like, these are my symptoms that I have going on. And even to have that conversation, it's kind of like it's not a thing. Um, so this PMDD partner check-in is a worksheet that I am providing to you so that you can give it to your partner, you can fill it out for every day that you're in PMDD and they know specifically what it is that you have going on. I've made it very short, so it's only four questions because um, I know no one has time to do a long questionnaire of like 30 things. Uh, but it's something that's going to really help your intimate relationship so that your partner can understand how to approach you better, the do's and don'ts of what to say to you. Um, and all of that is included in what is now released. Um, the waitlist is now open for the PMDD Partners Path, which is my signature online course that is specifically designed for PMDD partners. So in this self-paced course, I will be providing you with a guide on how to navigate a PMDD partnerships, tools to combat the symptoms that we have every month that are damaging to your PMDD relationship with exclusive content from my PMDD partners to not just give insight on what we go through, but also what PMDD partners go through and teaching them how they can help us with PMDD best to build a stronger and more peaceful and enjoyable relationship that we all desire and that we all deserve. So to be added to the wait list, go to the link in my bio on Instagram at in love with PMDD. Or you can email me at inlovewithpmdd at gmail.com. So for everything that us PMDD partners go through, we should not have to do it alone. And I'm going to say this to you again. You do not have to be single just because you have PMDD. We deserve that support. We deserve that love. We deserve to have someone in our corner on our good days, on our PMDD days. We deserve it for everything that we go through. We don't have to do this alone. If you ever need to reach out to me, always go to my Instagram, go to my Gmail. I spend at least, at least about two hours a day communicating with all of my PMDD partners and just letting you know that I'm here for you, that I'm working really hard to finish this degree so that I can publish it and send it to all the doctors and, and give the awareness that we deserve. Um, so if you need anything, reach out to me. Keep spreading the word as we continuously go through PMD Awareness Month. If you're doing the challenge, keep going. I love seeing all of your content, all of your things, just allowing everyone who's in this PMDD community to know that they're not alone. They have someone that's going through what they're going through, but we're all here to support each other. Until next time, we got this.